Hello, welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast. It's been a while. How are you doing? How are you coping? How are you coping with lockdown? How are you coping with the craziness in the world at the minute that bends these little minds of ours that are prone to overthinking, to procrastination, to worrying, to anxiety? It's been a tough time. Man, looking around on social media, you know, people are angry, people are worried, people are without work. There's a lot of shit going on forgive the profanity but it's been a bizarre time that's one way to round it all up i suppose everyone coping in different ways um for anyone who listened to the covid19 creative cabin casts that i put out there i ended up stopping at six because i didn't want to repeat myself too much but i just wanted to check in with a handful of creatives and see how they were getting along so it's worth doing that if you're in a position where you know things aren't great or you are concerned about the next commission or the way you're feeling, I think you'll resonate with at least one, if not more, of the people that I talked to. Kyla Paolucci, designer at HBO, um, Sham Maragaya, fantastic illustrator. It works getting increasingly surreal, which is really, really amazing stuff, so go and take a look at his work. Rebecca Hendon, political cartoonist, came on the show. Uh, Rebecca in particular was finding it very, very hard, um, talking about, you know, how there's this sentiment that we should get creative with the time we might have on our hands, but what if you have a brain that really, really struggles to be creative when you're feeling anxious in the trenches um and it's a very real consideration so let us know how you've been feeling how you've been getting on because there's been um, a wonderful community online there always is in this industry it's one of the things i love about the, the arts but during this time i've noticed a lot of support people coming together you know people gene each other up when they're in need of a little lift and I hope that today's guest is going to give you a lift because her work is wonderful and really quite stunning. I've been really grabbed by it. And it's Dominique Ramsey, who's a, an illustrator based in Atlanta, Georgia. It's always nice to get outside the UK and talk to international artists. And Dominique's work popped up on my radar on Twitter, and it was actually via the hashtag DrawingWhileBlack. And it was wonderful for me because there was all these, you know, these artists I was previously unaware of. And it's been, I'm not going to go too deep on this stuff because I'm not qualified to talk about it, but it's been a concern of mine in the past about keeping the show varied, um, getting all kinds of you know professions, backgrounds, races, of course. Um, you know, I, it's something that I do around my illustration schedule, so for a lot of the times it's very responsive and I jump on things that are presented to me and... I guess looking back, that's a little bit wrong because you, we do have a responsibility to dig a bit deeper and make sure that we are putting... A very broad spread of work out through our media platforms so that hashtag was wonderful and there was a, a whole raft of, of new work that i've been made aware of since and that's been one wonderful thing off the back of a very sad and, and testing time with the um you know the, the trigger points for the black lives matter campaign um the response has you know been quite galvanizing it's been a lot of motions towards change let's hope that continues beyond the social media platforms that's why i think it's it's good to, to you know to share such things like the join while black hashtag and to discover perhaps people that we might not have discovered you know I, I remember talking to um i can't even remember who it was but there was a creative director from an agency on the show and they were talking about the absolute imperative importance of creating a really varied and interesting diverse workforce because we're in the creative industries we need new ideas so how on earth are we able to do that without 
you know, without working around people who were different to us in, in any way, shape or form. And it stayed with me, that comment. And um, it's, you know, it's something that moving forward, I, I hope this is going to become another pillar a really important pillar in our industry and we can really build on it and, and make positive change in that respect. So it's exciting. Um, but above all, I was just really arrested by Dominique's work. So the reasons were um, there's a real spiritual aspect to her style and it, it resonated with me because I grew up with a mum who, who kind of was just fascinated with all kinds of um, with spirituality, I suppose, and you know the, the house was decked out in kind of Buddhist iconography, and she would create very celestial artwork, um, and it was visually enriching. And as a teenager, you kind of go, "Oh, I don't want my mates coming on the house and seeing this weird stuff because <laughs> it's odd." But you grow up and kind of go, "I'm so glad I was exposed to all those colours and those interesting visuals," and um, and that's the reason why when I saw Dominic's work. It really jumped out to me. We'll get deeper into that in a moment. I will quickly thank the supporters of the show, um, illustrationx.com, who've been there since the start. They've fantastic work supporting the industry, working with the likes of the Association of Illustrators, the Society of Artist Agents, um, and all other kinds of um, bodies you know, and other agents to, to create change for good in our industry. So go and check them out. They have a portfolio brimming with brilliant animators, illustrators, um, gift makers, fashion illustrators, lettering specialists, mural artists. It's really, really broad, and they've got a fantastic news site where you can keep on top of the projects they're doing. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain, so go and check them out, illustrationx.com. Formerly Illustration Web, they went through a brilliant rebrand recently, and the, and the website is very uh, all-singing, all-dancing, full of great work. So go and take a look. Um, and, of course, the Association of Illustrators. Uh, they do so much good work in our industry. I recently saw them you know, shouting at the government, calling them out on the self-employment scheme because it didn't take into account enough people, particularly those in the early stages of their career. You can go and look that stuff up, um, and I recommend doing so. So go and check them out too, theaoi.com, on the social medias, on the web, uh, everywhere you need to find them. Um, so how have you been coping? How have you been doing? It's been a really, really bizarre surreal challenging time that's tested a lot of people a lot of great community spirit out there on social media trying to g one another up but there is no escaping the fact that it's been a struggle in many ways for a lot of people so let me know how you've been getting on how you've coped if you've got a story um, from your time during lockdown i want to hear it uh keen to hear from you all as always at arrest on the mix on the social media sorry for the lack of shows recently as i mentioned i wanted to make this show more sporadic um kind of more responsive you know to the stuff that i come along come across i should say you know it's um for a while i was doing this thing weekly fortnightly um and it was tough work it was hard work and it was worth it and it was brilliant but there came a point when i began to feel a little just burned out and a little bit like there was too much obligation so i wanted to take a little breather which is what i did and i came back in with the episode with nick asbury and the six episodes the creative cabin casts just checking in with people in their homes shorter episodes nice insights to how people were feeling and here we go so this is episode 146 and it's the first full length one i've done since nick asbury um who writes for design and advertising and creates beautiful books and nick's got some wonderful insights on creativity so 
do go back and listen to episode 145. But the reason I wanted to talk to Dominique, like I say, her work just grabbed me as this really different style. And I was just curious. So from Dominique's website, um, she says it better than I can. Dominique Ramsey is a freelance illustrator from Atlanta, Georgia, who has a passion for telling stories about animals, nature, and the whimsical mystery thing, mysteries things in life. Her inspiration comes from animation, video games, music, children's books that have an animal focus, including the Warrior Cats book series, uh, and Pokemon game franchise, which we are going to get into that. Um, I now have a new kind of desire to see Dominique doing official Pokemon work somewhere down the road, so I'll watch this space. Unbelievably, she's only 22, which makes me feel like a real old man. But there we go. Her inspiration also comes from the animals themselves, the spiritual connection they have, the relationship between animals and people, and what various animals mean to different cultures. Dominique strives for uniqueness, using bright colours, bold lines, shapes and patterns that can excite and capture the viewer's eye. Believe me, she achieves it. Her work focuses heavily on symbolism, where she explores themes such as mystery, culture, identity and the subconscious mind. Um, as, a, as a recent new dad, my subconscious has been in absolute overdrive. We're not going to go there. But if I decided to get to work on that, There'd be some forms to fill out, let's put it that way. <laughs> Her work has been acknowledged by 3 by 3 magazine, Society of Illustrators and Creative Quarterly. No surprises, just go and have a look at it at dominicramsey.com. Dominic received her first BFA in illustration from the Savannah College of Art and Design in 2020. Um, it's brilliant stuff. We're going to get deep into that conversation. Quick thank you again to the supporters of the show, illustrationx.com, dayy.com. Let us know what you've been up to. There's going to be more episodes coming up soon. I've got a few in the bag. I've got some lined up, uh, but for various reasons, it's taken a little while. But watch this space. You can check out the whole archive, which is now well over 150 episodes, including the specials. Um, any good podcast platform, we're on Spotify, Illustration, um, sorry, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts for all the good, all the big platforms. So go and have a listen wherever is your preference or at the homepage, which is soundcloud.com forward slash arrest all mimics without further ado i'm going to get to my conversation with dominic ramsey how's atlanta i've never I've, it's a place i've never been in, in america yeah um atlanta's good it's not as walkable as philly is because i used to also live in philadelphia but atlanta's good it has a lot of um museums like little shops so it, it's nice okay i came across your work on twitter and the, like i said in my email i was immediately taken by the um the power of it i found it really powerful very striking compositions and um, and the color palettes were really um, found them quite different and really interesting. So it just grabbed me straight away and um, yeah, so I looked you up and here we are. <laughs> so I always kind of like to start with the real, not just the background of what you do now, but just your story. Like, where are you from and what's do you have any kind of creativity in the? Fa- I mean, everybody's got creativity in the family, of course. We're all creative somehow, but. Uh, you know, are there any artists? Is there a kind of, is there any any direct route to what you do now as an illustrator in the family? Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start off where I was born. I think you want that one first. Um, so I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my father is an artist because he used to draw and do a lot of comics when he was younger. Mm. Um, yeah, I think he, he, I think he's the only one. Everyone else in my family does something different. Um, and in terms of inspiration, a, a lot of it is culture and music. Music is, is a big inspiration for a lot of my art, co- art concepts, as well as cartoons and movies. I'm inspired by a lot of um, Disney animal movies, as well as like Pokemon. 
Mm. Oh, Pokemon's a big inspiration. I love Pokemon. <laughs> um, what else? And just like the connection between humans and animals in general, I have always found fascinating. Yeah. Because animals mean something different to um, each person in different cultures. Like in America, we love dogs, but over in a different country, some people are eating dogs. They're like, it, you know, it's yeah. fine. We don't care about dogs. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find that really interesting. Yeah. So, in, so in terms of, um, you know, you say those inspirations as a as a child. What? Because I mean, I resonate with a lot of the things you talk about. Not necessarily Pokemon directly, but I was aware of everything, the visual culture around Pokemon, and found it really, really interesting. But it was Zelda and it was Final Fantasy for me that that really kind of. It took me a long time to join the dots between what what that stirred in me as a person in terms of how that would relate to visual communication, as in, you know, these character designs, these beautiful graphics that go with the games. And you just play them as a kid, I find, and you don't really think too much about that. But now I completely see what that was doing for me. So in in, in terms of, you know, were these things around when you were younger? Are they, were these kind of activators for you wanting to be an artist in any way? Um, yeah, Pokemon was very prevalent in my life when I was younger. I think I had, if I didn't, have the games at like age four i at least had the movies and the show and like the little figurine toys that my parents would occasionally buy me um yeah i think for me what i really loved about pokemon so much was the various animal character designs and how they put them all together mm-hmm. now unfortunately they had more like robots and bugs than i would have liked but I like I like the legendaries because the legendaries, at least in the first generation, were always animalistic. They were either birds or like some kind of mammal, mm. and then they made like movie spinoffs of those legendaries. So then you got to see the legendaries um, in action, animated, and I really like that because um, I'm really fond of animation as well. So I was just always glued to the to the TV screen, being able to see them animated. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I um, I just yeah, I'm, I'm endlessly in, you know interested in people's those very formative, innocent roots and, and what people are drawn to and find magical. Because, I mean, it's something I've used increasingly as a descriptive term recently. It is magic about what we do, about visual communication, about creating something from nothing. Um, and for me, it is pure magic. And like I mentioned earlier, the power that I see in your work really screams from the images at me therefore i would hazard a guess that there's there must be uh, at least a variation or some kind of magic that you feel for your own work would that be accurate um yeah yeah i would say so um i guess the uh, th- that magic would be just how much i love animals and just how much i love drawing them um as well as because l- like i mentioned before songs are a big inspiration for a lot of my art concepts. So you're also getting a mix of the emotion I felt when listening to that song, either once or over a course of years, as well as the love I have for animals. So that just like magnifies the feeling in the picture. Or if it's not um, based off of a song, it's based off of another thing that I'm really passionate about, like science. Like I think one of them is um, Cirrus, it's a sight hound that's in a cloud because I love uh, meteorology. It's really, uh, it's, it's a mind, you know, it's, 
it's a really fascinating aspect to me is that is that side of things and you know you mentioned in, in the description on your website about the spirituality and that connection um and you know I, i've had a little bit of that in my own background i think i mentioned when i first contacted you and my mom you know works as psychic she's been, she's been into buddhism over the years and i grew up in this house of trinkets and symbolism and all you know these uh, sort of buddhist gods and it was really different you know friends would come around to the house and only when they would look at the walls and kind of go what's that <laughs> did i think that this wasn't the not you know wasn't everyone's experience um so so when i saw that you know and read that in your work it really uh, piqued my interest um is that something that you had since you were young or is this something that you've an aspect of your work that's developed um, I would say a combination of both because I was raised, I was raised Christian. So I was raised around, um, like you said, but it was a different religion, like a bunch of like little, the, the little Jesus knickknacks and like going to church and gospel music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then the older I got, I started branching more out into spirit, spirituality, like in the past five or six years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Is it? something you try to convey in your work visually or is it something you're happy to to let that sort of simmer in the inspiration side of things and ideas um yeah it, it 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 is something that i try to put in my work visually like in a lot of my things there's um always a circle behind the animal's head and that is inspired directly from um christian art in the byzantine area uh, mm. because i i love byzantine art and i love history as well oh history I forgot history is a big inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And actually, now that you, again, it was only subconsciously that I noticed the circles, but then when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. So I was looking through your website earlier and, and your work, and yeah, I never consciously recognized that, which I think, I guess that's done very well. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, in terms of you know, your route into the industry, then, what, what were the steps there? Did you, you know, did, did you think about it? In childhood, you know, did I did you was there a conscious moment where you thought, okay, well, I'd like to be an artist, an illustrator, or is it something that you just kind of followed your heart and you know waited for the doors to open? Um, yeah, I would say it was more so just like having to follow my heart because when I was younger, I did like doing art, but I didn't know you could do it as a job. So my um my parents were like, you should go in the science field. We need more people in science. But I was like okay but i didn't like i like science but i didn't want to do it as a job so i was just floating for like many years until um senior year in high school i got into an art high school magnet program and they, they there's this thing called portfolio day in america i don't i'm not sure if it's in europe where schools come and then students come to get interviewed for like pre-college and then um an actual college for, for the next year. So I went to that and that's when I started um, opening my eyes to the, all the possibilities that you can do with an art career. And um, I did end up getting accepted in, into an art school and I started doing more research into like illustration as a job. And yeah, from there it was just like, um, w working on my craft, working on my career, the business side of things, um, selling at like, um, like craft fairs just to 
dabble in that water a bit about like selling because that's a whole different thing in itself. So famously uh, an Achilles heel for many, many, you know, artistically inclined people, isn't it? Because, you know, we're, it's not stereotype, but I suppose a lot of us are quite sensitive souls and, you know, and it's not in our nature, the very fact whether we want to do art, you know, often is reflected in the fact that we spend a lot of time on our own in bedrooms or in studios and, and it's not really, you know, the thing to be for other, you know, the front of the marketplace selling the wares. <laughs> and it often does take a little bit of, you know, kind of self-training almost to, to get there. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, that's another thing about my art because I, I find that um, at least for my age, I mean, there are other people as well who are, I, I would say, pretty advanced for for this age group because I'm I'm 22, mm-hmm. and but I would say, see, even though I didn't know I wanted to do this job, I would say that I've been seriously drawing since I was a kid because I would draw like almost every other day on everything, whatever I could get a chance. And if I wasn't drawing, I was frustrated, so I was just always in my room. Or if I was in school, I was drawing in my notebook, on homework sheets, anything. Because I, I had to get it out. I had to create. It was important. I needed, I needed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the training, isn't it? You know, at least in terms of the, the technical side of things and, and the practice. I'm, I'm exactly the same. It was, you know, there was more football team sheets and, and alternate kit designs than there were maths in my maths book. That's, you know, that's where I was as a person. And I guess like you said, it's so common that we don't know there's a whole industry out there that, that you know, you can actually make a good living from doing that passion. And, um, you know, I, th- I feel that too many people find that out too late, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it's not That's the given... I mean, how, how was it... How did your family respond to, to, you know, I guess if you've been doing that since such a young age, was it supported? Was it encouraged? Because too many people come up against albeit accidentally a roadblock sometimes from their family's fear of, you know, the, un, un, the lack of understanding about the industry, I suppose. Um, yes. Fortunately, I do have support from family about um, me doing art. And I guess they, they support simply because I've been doing it for so long and I showed interest in like nothing else. So they were like, well, guess we might as well let her go to art college because that's the only thing she's going to do. So yeah, thankfully um, they, they support me in it because otherwise, yeah, I would be struggling right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how long have you been doing it by the way, professionally? Cause I mean, 22, wow, I'm 37. So suddenly I'm like the granddad in the room. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um, I would say professionally ever since, 2017 because that's when I started like selling more so than doing freelance I didn't start doing freelance until 2018 but in 2017 I would like sell at like um like artist fairs in my in my hometown because they have one like every um every Friday of every month so mm-hmm. yeah I would just go there and sell I, I would make de- pretty decent money by selling art prints and then I also got to practice on my my sellers my sellers pitch mm. and like getting used to that environment because that's a whole different stressor. So, did that experience really help in terms of you know applying those those skills to client liaisons, for example? It it has yes definitely. Um, now I also learned how to deal with clients from art school, but I feel like I was less intimidated 
to reply to um, client emails um, as well as on the phone and video calls. Whoops, that's my phone. And like, as well as video calls, like, like what's happening between um, you and me right now, simply mm-hmm. because I have had this experience before. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. It's because it's, from my own experience, it, it, was, it was a different thing, but just working in retail. You know, I worked in Blockbuster Video in like 2001 and jobs like that and Max Film and Photography and just any kind of frontline retail job. It's the first few experiences in those jobs were really quite intimidating and, and serving strangers and having to answer queries. And, but it certainly really did galvanize me in terms of how now I'm able to talk to all kinds of clients from all over the world. And like you said, this conversation now, you know, it's, it seems second nature now almost to jump on these conversations, but it doesn't come so easy to a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of introverts in our world and, and a lot of, like we said earlier, a lot of sensitive people. So I think experiences like that print fairs and craft fairs, if you've got the things, you know, it, it's not just about making the money from selling the prints. Of course, that's brilliant, but there's a bigger picture, isn't there, in terms of setting you up as a character and strengthening you. I love the print, We Shall Not Be Moved. I thought it was um, it was strong. It, you know, the, 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 the feedback on it blows away anything I've ever put out on social media. You know, 37, 22, you're killing it. <laughs> but, it was, but it was beautiful, and obviously it was, it was um, in relation to the Black Lives Matters campaign, right? Yeah. So let's talk, talk about that. Well, you know, let's talk about the motivation behind the work and, and what's the response been like and, and how are you feeling about everything at the moment in that respect? For that specific piece, it was um, inspired by the song We Shall Not Be Moved by Mavis Staples. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard that song a little while ago in the iTunes playlist called Black History Month, just like a whole playlist of songs by African-Americans. And I, I really liked that song. Um, I liked the message as well as I liked the mood that it gave off. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, um, in regards to the art piece, it was actually pretty tricky in the beginning because I was trying to figure out the composition and how um, I wanted it to be set up. Because I, I wasn't sure if I wanted it to be kind of more so 3D, like how it is now, or if I wanted it to be flat. And I knew I didn't want it to be flat because I always do the flat. So mm. oh, I had to like, play around with composition there. And I, I don't think I've ever done 3D like that before. So that was a good challenge in trying to ha- um, figure out um, how to do that. But I, I did know that I wanted all the Panthers to be aligned in the row. Um, something in, along the lines of like chess. Like, um, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the, all the chess terms, but how you have of the characters in the front that are supposed to guard the king and queen and all the rest of the characters in the back. Yeah, something along those lines. Because that song reminded me of stability. Mm. It really really came across, and it's something that I picked up from your work was the power of your compositions. Um, I thought you do flat very, very well. There was, I made a note here, the Bright Eyes piece, the Watership Down inspired one was fantastic yeah. like and you know because a lot of flat work cannot can i feel can be left soulless if it's not done right but the energy in that work and and um it's, wow it, i found it really blew me away and to do that with flat work I, I always find it quite impressive but then by the same token the we shall not be moved piece the top down diagonal composition of it really really grabbed me and and it's the, it's 
it's almost what you don't see that, that gives it that power. That's how I interpreted it. It was the fact that these guys are all four Panthers are looking out and you can't quite see what they're facing. And for me, the end, you know, what that does for the piece, it just really makes it. I, just, I don't know if that's something you consciously chose to do, but it, it really works. Yay! I'm glad. <laughs> um, it was not something I consciously chose to do, but I'm glad it worked. Yeah, um, and, and it was just amazing. And I mean, and, and that's been really uplifting, for, you know, for for me seeing everything that's been going on, that's been inspirational with the Black Lives Matter campaign. Is is you know, artistic responses and people and the unity that the creative community comes together in these instances. Um, have you found that a positive response? I have, I have, uh, especially on Twitter. A lot of people, uh, the art community has been very receptive of the pieces, the um, more receptive of my art than they have ever been, which I'm really glad for because I, I have also wanted to dabble in like editorial and political stuff. But people tend to be like, mm. so I'm glad that they were actually receptive of it this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a very, it's a very considered piece. It's very conceptual. It's not, you know, it's you can be very crass with political work and activism type work. You know, it can be it can, when it's again when it's wrong when it's kind of lazy swipes. It can come across as very angry and and not very well focused. But good visual communication and. You know, you haven't felt the need to spell the work out by putting typography over it. It kind of gives me a, a nice lift at a time when there's a lot to be sad about in the world, you know, to see, to see the power of visual communication and in subtlety. So well done. And I, I thought it was a really, really standout piece. Yay, thank you. I'm glad. That's, now that is, the, that is what I wanted to do. I wanted to um, uplift people through art that wasn't, didn't have blood in it. That was like, like too negative because, I mean, everyone should do at least one vent piece in their life. But I felt like this was not a time for a whole lot of vent. Like people are already sad about COVID as well. So wanted to have something that um, brings the the, um, the issue and matter to light but also uplifts at the same time. So, yes, I'm glad it worked. It's incredibly sad that, you know, it, t- it took the incident with, with George Floyd for this kind of global reaction to happen. Um, criminal. Uh, but now that it is, I suppose, as far as silver linings go, you know, responses like yours are really, really um, inspiring. And I hope we continue to see that way beyond this initial wave. Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Um, at least in terms of seeing it more for, for me yeah i do have a lot more political ideas in mind i mean some of them are not all about like black lives matter some of them about other things regarding animals but yeah. You know, yeah. i find the amount of issues to address overwhelming and i have to remind myself that i can't carry the world on my shoulders sometimes you know I, my big one is is the environment and, and climate change it, if i allow it to it overwhelms me on a daily basis but it's this stuff what we do that it means that that's not the case, you know. Um, therefore, I think it's really healthy that we have these tools to let those feelings out in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, your compositions, I, mean, I want to go back to that because I'm really interested in them. It was nice variation within. Um, again, is this, is this something you're just kind of experimenting with and working out what works as you go along? Is it... I ask because I've met a number of artists recently who are um, really, really good with this. And I think of it as a, a kind of almost a directorial eye on the artwork. It had a kind of filmic energy to it to me. 
I wonder if that comes from the inspiration with games and, and the likes. Yeah, I think uh, for me, it does come from the um, inspiration of games, but as well as background art from movies, mm-hmm. like um, Ivan Daryl specifically. Um, now, his, his stuff is a little bit more realistic than mine, but it's also very imaginative and has a fantasy feel as well. So he's a big inspiration um, for me when it comes to composition. Um, and yeah, it's, it is more so something that I'm just learning as I go because I'm also learning perspective as I go so that in the future I could do, but I do try to like not make it look like it would be in a photo. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like I want it to be weird and like surprising and catch people off guard. Like with, um, how do you, like botch? I, I don't, I can't pronounce his first name. It's Har- Har- harmonious or something. He did garden of earthly delights. Okay, I'm not aware. I'll have to. I'll have to look. I better know it when I see it. But I'm, I'm terrible with names. I am too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you have? You know, there's quite the range on your website. Do you have a direction? So you know, do you have targets of where you want to be, or are you kind of just finding your feet in the industry and thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing me, and we'll see what happens? Because there's a number of ways you can approach this career. Um. Yeah, at least for me, I'm kind of open to doing a lot of things like um, visual development, um, illustration in general, covers, book illustration, surface design. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm pretty open at this moment simply because what I do can fit into multiple areas and genres. Mm. As long as it's like mostly animal, nature, or pattern-based. Mm. And uh, here's a question. Have you contacted anyone in relation to Pokemon? <laughs> I have not. I actually, I'm not sure how to get in touch with them. Because, like, the website is weird. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure how to get in contact with, like, anyone from Pokemon. But I have also done some Pokemon fan art, which I would like to do more of. Cool. So what's going on at the moment? Have you got any projects going at the minute? Have you got any personal work going on? Um, yes. Um, I currently have some freelance that I'm doing, but along the lines of personal projects, there's always some, there's always a lot. So I still need to do the planet series where it's like animals, but also planets that are in the solar system, as well as I would like to do a really big project where I illustrate certain scenes from The Lion King, but in my style and how I viewed it, um, as well as um, some of the scenes that were inspired by songs, the songs that reminded me of scenes from The Lion King, because I love The Lion King. It's so good. Um, what else? Yeah, as well as uh, some political art pieces that are coming down the pipe. Yeah, so I'm just like chock full of ideas, and I'm just frustrated that I can't do all of them at once. Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. I, I'm God, I mean spilling out of my head it's ridiculous it, it'll always be this way that's what i've come to realize and i just think okay let's just, <laughs> just get the cream off the top you know and really go for the ones that i want to work on because life's too short to get everything in there but yeah. it doesn't stop me from having that endless list it sounds like you've really got some nice core inspirations going on at the heart of what you do um because you know i talked to so many artists who find themselves at a junction where they don't know where to go next and they don't really know what to work on or where to push and they've got all the ability in the world but i just think 
by do, by you know opening the heart and doing these things and putting them out into the world i have no doubt and i've only experienced that it brings about opportunities because people connect with that passion and people love to see that in artists yeah you definitely yes you know brings about like-minded people and fellow pokemon fans it does it does I, I like fan art. That's another thing that I would like to work on in the future is like more fan art for Pokemon as well as like Disney movies, all the animal ones. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. I don't know if you're aware of Stanley Chow's work. I might have seen him, but I don't like, I can't attach the art to a name. Yeah. Well, he's cool. He's, he's based in my studios and he does these very flat um, vector portraits, just portrait work, and they're amazing. And, and it's. The likenesses that he achieves with his work are fantastic. But I had Stan on the show and he told me a story about how when the White Stripes band were playing in Manchester, where we both live, he created like a bootleg gig poster for, for it and he got really popular and you know started to sell prints. And he was contacted by the White Stripes management. And first of all, they asked him to, you know, they told him to basically stop selling <laughs> the <artwork. laughs> because it was completely bootleg but then in the same conversation they said because we would we want to commission you to do the real thing <laughs> that's so great so there you go that's a little inspirational story that i always like to share for people who are kind of doing that stuff from the heart that they're into because at the end of the day what i found is that these clients need someone to do that work and if you can do it well and you're the authority and you're completely nerding out on that then that makes their job easier <laughs> yeah it does yeah you know, yeah. So it was the WWE creative director that said to me, he said, look, you know, I've got, I've got this much content to commission every week and I do not have time to be telling people what the storylines are, who this character is, what their catchphrase is. You know all this stuff because you watch it every week. So, you know, brilliant. <laughs> that is great, yes. Yeah, so I, I think when you do find a contact, tell them everything you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh but well okay cool well I, I think i've covered pretty much you know everything i wanted to talk about and touch upon your work i could i could go all day because it's wonderful but um yeah where can people find your work um they can find me mostly on instagram twitter tumblr i do also have a facebook um i am you can name it art which is basically just dominic backwards plus art on everything except facebook on facebook i'm Dominique's illustrations because apparently the username you couldn't even know has already been taken. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll get the links in the show notes and uh, nice work. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you produce next. Yay. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And thanks for taking the time to chat. Yay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dominique, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. Um, I think it was conversation with a friend recently who said they were suffering zoom fatigue and whilst i agree with that sentiment you know we were all bashing out the quizzes and the rest of it in the early stages of lockdown i think some people it's the last thing they want to do everyone i've met recently who's had anything lined up has just kind of gone yeah we've got a zoom call lined up tonight but what i will say is it's been a fantastic platform and particularly when you think that i can sit in my little spare room studio here in Manchester and talk to a person like Dominique in Atlanta, Georgia. It's kind of crazy stuff, but it opens up the world. So watch your space for more conversations with international talented visual communicators, musicians, whatever they might be. It's all coming up. So thank you for listening. Get us your feedback, please, at Arrest All Mimics on the social media. 
looking forward to hearing your thoughts, your suggestions for episodes. Maybe you want to come on the show. I've had a few emails recently. Again, people putting themselves forward, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. It really depends. It's really what I'm feeling at any given moment now. If it's an interesting story, it will be covered. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not interested. If it's not, sometimes it's just not right fit for the show. But there we go. More stuff coming up very soon with some cool episodes in the bag. I hope you're up to something exciting. I hope the work comes in. I hope things pick up for you and I hope it's not been too tough during this time. Cheers for listening. Thank you to illustrationx.com and AOI, the AOI.com, the Association of Illustrators, for kindly supporting this show. Do go and take a look at what they do. It's very, very relevant to our careers. Cheers, guys. Take care. Stay safe. Have a good week. Sorry, stay alert. Have a good week. Ugh, wankers. I forgot for a good one. See you later.